Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about building a career from the ground up. Listen, maybe you're figuring out how to achieve that next level in your career. Maybe you're unsure how that next level can happen without another degree. Well, this episode is for you. My next guest started from the bottom, and now he's here on this podcast. And if you were deeply disturbed by that reference, by the 2014 Drake hit, then I'm terribly sorry. But today I brought on an amazing guest. His name is Mark Hayward, and he's the host of The Absolute Business Mindset, a podcast focused on business, personal development, and technology. Mark has years of experience navigating the corporate world and has spent many hours learning how professionals get to the top of their field. Mark's tagline is that he's a corporate employee with an entrepreneurial mindset, which I love. Mark is also a business coach working closely with clients to help them get promoted, get them pay raises, and get them recognized for the value they add to their companies. So as you can see, Mark is just going to be awesome. And this episode is really going to help you get some perspective on how to pioneer your own successful career. All right, Mark, thanks for being on the show. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great over here. And I just want to say earlier, I love the conversation we had about your own career journey. And I couldn't think of a better way to start this episode out. But can you tell your story about working your way up from that admin role up to consultancy? That would be great. Yeah, sure. So actually, I'll, I'll sort of go a little bit further back. I, so I did a politics degree. I didn't do a business degree. And I went into central government, sort of uh, your equivalent to government, federal government. And I worked there for about four or five years in policy um, and research. And um, I found parts of it quite interesting and quite good, but I just felt there was something more that I needed to do, something different. So so I looked at my different options and um, I could have gone in, so I was a, I did have a degree, so I could have gone in into business as a consultant, sort of an associate level, but I decided instead of applying for those roles, I would go in as an administrator. And so for me, that was starting, as you've described it, at the bottom. And for me, it was really good ground. And I didn't have any business experience at the time. And I thought to myself, look, that will give me a really good ground in the consultancy firm. And so I started learning about finance, how the company did their own finances, things like risk management, CRM, and really uh, gave me a really good ground in the company I was working for, which has now worked across other consultancy firms that I've worked at as well. And for me, it gave me a ground in which I think a lot of people who go in as as immediate consultants, sort of like associate level, miss out on. And they do end up learning those skills, um, but to have that already grounded and already embedded in my my knowledge pool really meant that I was able to, when I went into, when I converted into a consultancy role, it gave me an advantage on some of the, the, the new entry level joiners. Yeah. And I'm amazed that you made the actual choice to apply for those jobs versus just going directly into it. Um, I, you know, I'm remembering when I first graduated from college and the big thing was that, you know, a lot of us were taking these mid-level roles and and Mm -hmm. director level roles, whereas Mm -hmm. a lot of us hadn't 
been, so to speak, in the line level position. You know, for instance, I had never been a waiter before and I was managing a whole team of waiters. And that for me was a really difficult thing. Um, so for you to make the decision, I think to, I use start from the bottom, but let's just call it like having that career progression that, that makes sense. I think that's just awesome. So I want to do pros and cons here real quick, but what are pros of starting from the ground up versus those cons? So let's do the pros. So the pros are that you spend a bit of time in the company where you build up, as I said, you build up that knowledge about the infrastructure of what the business needs. I think it gives you exposure to people. You actually, because you're aligned with partners in the company. So it gave me immediate exposure to partners. And and I was working on one very big account as an administrator, which when I was transitioning into, the consultancy role I had to keep some of those responsibilities because it was such a large client that it was it was very difficult to be able to get someone with enough experience to do the role that I was doing so there's responsibility there's the you get the the base understanding you you can also see whether you like the company and you like the industry that you're working in relatively under the radar so I see people who come in and they start at an entry level and they get their qualifications, their professional qualifications, and then immediately leave. And they just go, I hated working there. I just did it to get my qualifications, professional qualifications. I'm going to go and do something else, management consultancy or accountancy or finance, investment banking. So I see a lot of that. And I think it gave me that exposure that I was able to um, see whether I liked it. And, and at that company, my first company that I worked, I worked there for about 12 years. I really enjoyed the company. I enjoyed the people. Um, the culture was all very, very good. I appreciated it and built a foundation there, which meant that I was able to, when I did take that transfer over to consultancy, I could ac- accelerate through the, the grades relatively quickly. So for me, that sort of breadth of understanding of the business was my major pro. The cons, I think, are, well, it can be quite difficult actually making that transition from admin to consultancy. So at the time, there was two parallel careers. There was the admin side and there was places where you could progress that way or the consultancy. And they were two different parallel uh, strands in business. You had to show certain skills, certain ambitions and sort of abilities to be able to make that transfer. Not everyone will be able to transfer over. You've got to show all the qualities that they think that they need for you to do that. My line manager was amazing at the time and she saw the potential. She saw my, I really love technology. So I work in the technology area. And so, so she got me uh, an interview and again, it's very competitive. It's a big four consultancy firm. There was three interviews that I had to do even for an internal move. And so it was one of those that, the cons are sometimes it's difficult to shift, swap over equally. It's a totally different skill set. The admin is very process driven. The consultancy is very, it's intellectually, you're providing a service to a client, whether it's a piece of software, whether it's a, a piece of advice that you're giving them or suggestion on how to do it. So you do have to make a mindset shift from basically process into intellectual property, intellectual sales. And when you're 
selling and doing demos. So um, it can be quite hard to make that shift, but it is definitely possible. There were people that I also joined and joined after me that did the shift as well. So it's definitely a, a way to be able to do it. It's not always the easiest thing to make that shift. Absolutely. And I want to circle back in a little bit to transferable skills, which was an amazing thing that you brought up, because I think a lot of the times it does require a mindset shift. Like, for instance, if I'm going from, you know, being a I'll use the server example, like a server at a restaurant up to a manager, then I have to teach myself to actually look at more of the big picture rather than getting so micro-focused on helping out the individual tables. I'll circle back to transferable skills here, but I want you to tell me what advice would you give for the person who is starting from the bottom? So if you can go back to the old Mark, what would you tell him during that moment? So mindset is important. I would say you need to have an enthusiasm for the role and for the business Also, persistence, especially some of the things that you're doing, for example, risk management, which is sort of compliance that you need to do part of um, engagement, engaging with a client or whatever. You've got to be persistent and make sure that you are delivering that compliance is done correctly and to the highest standards. So I would say, so yeah, so enthusiasm, persistence, a growth mindset, and just going out and doing and delivering. There are late nights, there are early mornings, um, there are quite long hours, but as long as you can deliver that quality, I think you'd, you'll, you'll be all right. Absolutely. What a great answer. And like, I think it is this episode was a really good one. We hadn't really addressed this topic before. So I think just types of people you're speaking to through this podcast are those who really are genuinely, you know, they care about the career enough so to listen to this podcast. So I definitely think you're talking to the right people here. Now to flip that question, Mark, what advice would you give the people who are maybe starting out mid-level, but they don't want to miss out on some of that we'll call it quote unquote, starting from the bottom benefit that they would have gotten. So if you're joining at sort of mid-level, I would say I saw a lot of people come join at that sort of level and have a certain air of arrogance, like beyond confidence. And I would say if you're joining at that level, humility is, is a good is a good starting point because all the education that you get, whether it's a business degree, whether it's a politics degree, you get taught how to learn, but actually doing a job and doing a career and building a career is very different. And you might have the skill set, but you've got to have the right mindset as well. So I would say for those people that are joining, I would say humility. Um, also, you've still got to have all of those tools and mindset of being enthusiastic and asking questions. I always find I ask a lot of questions and I'm forever sort of challenging where i think things could be improved and that's one of that's one of the strongest things that you can do just try and think independently how you could improve a process lot all people at a more senior level sort of director partner level appreciate people thinking about the process or the project and trying to improve it to make it more efficient more profitable um Everyone appreciates that. So I would say that's also important for a mid-level joiner. Awesome. Mark, your answers have been awesome so far. 
I want to go back to what you said earlier about shifting your mindset and, and transferable skills when you are climbing up the ladder. My question is, if I do feel like it's time for me to transition and end up applying for those positions that are higher up, how can I show the people who are interviewing me that I'm ready and qualified for that role? How can I show this in a resume specifically? On a resume. So I think on a resume, on a CV, you need to you need to not lie. Like we can all exaggerate the truth and embellish <laughs> things like everyone does on their, their CV. But um, I think one thing, just don't lie outright because people will catch you. And if they do catch you, you've got no chance. Right. So um, but I would say on, on your resume, I would say talk up your be very positive. You strong words to start each bullet point instead of just having something that's like just flowing you need a strong sort of word that is able to trigger the rest of the sentence so um so make sure you you don't have to sort of negative or passive starting of your resume Uh, and i think i think if you just make something that you can talk about in the interview because what you want to talk about is you want to talk about your strengths you've obviously got to think about your weakness the question almost definitely will come up what do you consider your weakness and Mm -hmm. and don't ever use the words of oh i'm just a perfectionist that's my weakness that is the worst (laughs) worst thing you could ever say very very cliche yeah (laughs) people still use that but i think for the cv and for the interview if you can just package something together which shows strong skills which shows metrics as well is really important you need to be able to say that you worked on a client with and made it profitable by x percentage or your right. revenue the revenue growth was x thousand or million and using the smart objectives so look up smart so s-m-a-r-t and i can't remember exactly what they stand for but check it out smart objectives it's a really good way of being able to bring everything that you need in a a CV and the interview as well and remember some of those metrics and be able to talk about them on how you grew the revenue or how you made it more profitable, how you made it more efficient, more effective, how you came up with a great idea which was then implemented. All these things builds up confidence because I think employing someone in an interview is building confidence in that you'll be able to join their team and fit in culturally fit in skill set wise fit in mentality that the mindset as well so you should just build it up obviously never embellish like exaggerate but don't embellish or lie um, <laughs> but if you just build that it's not two things the the resume and the and the interview are not two separate things you need to marry the two together sure. and give your answers which match both because people will go through it and will build their questions from from that document so sure. you need to be able to quote it and be able to talk around it Sure. I'm thinking about a past client. We worked on his resume and I remember one of the things that made his resume so much better is exactly what you're talking about, which is like showing the specific accomplishments that that person was able to put forth even at his low line level work. If anything, it really showed his ability to take initiative and his ability to stand out from the rest of the people who, you know, were applying for the same position there. So can't emphasize that enough. I think you're I think you're right on point there. So just two th- two extra things. So 
One of my big sayings is that um, leaders are not just at the top. You need leaders all through your business from the from the ground level up to the, the most senior partner, because what you want in, in your team is someone that's going to step up, that's going to push themselves a little bit outside their comfort zone, um, be able to deliver and take responsibility. So I've said this loads of times on my podcast that and one of the people that I've coached, I, I was saying to them like, you may be junior, but you need to act like a leader, as a role model, as a as as someone that can be trusted. So I would say that is that. leaders all the way through the level. And the other thing I just wanted to say, my sort of strapline for my podcast is that I'm entrepreneurial. I'm a corporate employee with an entrepreneurial mindset. And I actually think now I found there is actually a word for it. There's intrapreneur, which when I first started, I didn't realize there was a term there. But equally, I do think for me to make those steps so fast, so quickly, differentiating myself with the other people in a corporate business by having an entrepreneurial mindset and being able to think outside the box, come up with ideas, take responsibility, be a leader. I really think in the corporate world, there's not enough of that. And I think that's one way to stand out and differentiate yourself between other people in the business is by having leadership and that entrepreneurial view on the business. Awesome, Mark. That's great. Now, I know on your podcast, you've interviewed many guests and have helped coach clients within their careers. What is the biggest thing you would say that you think is holding people back from the career of their dreams? Even this sounds a little bit cliched because you see it on every social media post, but mindset is so important. I speak like I work with people. I've got some uh, responsibilities of people in the business as well. And some of the coaching clients I've had, sometimes that growth mindset, and you can get that with listening to podcasts. You can get that with listening to books or reading books. But but that growth mindset means that you can grow into your career and grow into the next level, the next part of the ladder which you're climbing up. I see so many people. It usually kicks in around manager, senior manager level. So sort of not quite leadership level, that sort of middle management level where people just lose their passion for their role and they just become comfortable they they come settled and they think well my money's okay I've got the hours that are okay I get to see my kids and to have that sort of comfortable lifestyle and don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong with that to have work-life balance and to see your kids I don't see my kids as much as I would like to but it's a tricky balance in all the different things that I do well caring about your job doesn't mean that you're necessarily neglecting work-life balance like that's I think that's a misconception people have absolutely and working smart is a lot better than just clocking up hours hours. There's so many people in the more junior roles that I've seen who are literally, they want to be in at 7.30. They want to be the last person out of the office. And, And yes, perception wise, it can be important to be seen that you're in the office, but there's so much more that you can do that adds so much more value and making the most of the hours that you're in the office makes a hell of a lot of difference rather than being first in and last out. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks so much for that advice. And I know earlier we talked about the concept of having a business mentor. I don't think about that enough, to be honest. Um, So tell me and tell the audience here why you think that this is such a game changer or why it has been a game changer for you. 
Chris, I'm going to, the advice I'm going to give you is look into it. Seriously, you need to, mm-hmm. whether it's a podcast um, mentor, whether it's a business mentor. Um, so I started working with my mentor about six, six years ago, something like that. And for me, it was an absolute game changer. Having someone that is sort of partner level, so senior Uh, leadership level. Um, He actually worked in a smaller consultancy firm for about three or four years. And then he became an entrepreneur, run a business, sold a business, and then did some coaching. He's actually now started a second business. There's, There's a difference between a mentor and a coach. So for me, I needed a mentor. I needed someone to give me skills um, tools as well as the mindset as well as the strategically looking at people so it's actually quite fun in corporate world is actually thinking about your uh, who you want to influence who you want to add value to and how that can help your career some people get very upset about that but in a corporate world it is political and you just sure. have to roll with it to be honest and he was able to give me so many skills and sort of support that I was able able to influence the right people so when promotion time came round i was at the the head of the queue and people were thinking about me as doing that other role the coach is slightly different um the coach and, and is sorry more, to go back the mentor this person was w- within the organization that you were part of no 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 i found him outside of the organization outside ah. the company it was recommended by a friend of mine he said look just meet him, just see what, what you think of him. And he won't be offended if you don't like him. I was going to say he's Marmite, which is an English term. He's either someone you love or, or you actually dislike. Um, <laughs> cool. And uh, it's because he comes from a sales background. And ah. he told me that you have to sell yourself in your corporate role. And, that, and, and people use that don't use the word sales and use the word influence and develop relationships. But essentially, in a way, it's sales as well. One of the best things he gave me as a piece of advice, I'm desperately trying to remember the word that, that we, oh, it was when I was trying to go to manager level. And he said, what you need to do is you need to repeat the word manage, manageable, managing, any sort of variation of manage into your conversation with the people that you work with and subliminally they will sort of think and you'll have to do some leadership roles as well and and influence it but just repeating that word on a regular basis to people just infiltrates into their minds and so when it comes to promotion time you're there and people think that you're a manager and it's a very it almost sounds unbelievable when subliminal messaging 101 there (laughs) i wouldn't have believed it and i kind of when he said it i was like really and he's like no seriously and you can do that at the start of your moderation year whatever if you want to do more sales or you want to do more demos or you want to do more client work whatever it is just have that strategy at the start of the the performance year and just use those words that will then associate you with whatever the ambition, whatever the aim is for that year. So um, it sounds such a silly thing, but I can honestly tell you it worked. And when I got my feedback from my senior partner, he used Mark has stepped up and has been more managerial this this year. It worked. (laughs) 
That's awesome. That's it. Just goes back to the theme that the person that does move up the ladder is the person that already sees themselves in that role, and they're already the person that's kind of taking on some of those responsibilities. Maybe not explicitly. Maybe they're not explicitly supervising or managing. But maybe they decided to train the newbie who just came on, and they can add that to their resume or talk about it within an interview. I think in a corporate world, to get promoted to that next level, you need to do the job of that next level before you get promoted. It's not uh, you get promoted because you've worked hard and you've worked well, we'll put you to the next level. And then it's then you've then got, oh, sink or swim. Can I do that? that next role what i found in my career is you need to demonstrate that you're doing that role already so it's a seamless natural evolution to get promoted so i think that's one of the most critical things and if anyone's listening now and who's having trouble getting promoted or even to an extent pay rise as well if you're doing that role that you want to aim for and you're demonstrating the skills and showing the people that are decision makers that actually you're doing that role already they will they will have to give it to you because you could get shunted if you've done something wrong with your sort of matrix of the people to influence but there's more likelihood that you will get that role because you've demonstrated all the skills that you can do that role and they're just naturally giving you that promotion fantastic Mark, I really like how this conversation ramped up to the point where it is right now. I think this evolved nicely. I'll ask you to put a cap on things in the way we like to do here at the Career Warrior Podcast. Sure. Um, but we're having a somewhat of a difficult time right now. Some people may have a tough time getting motivated, and especially with what's going on in the world. Um, but if you could leave just one encouraging message for everyone who just feels stuck right now, what would that message be? You've got to believe, and I know it's hard. People might be, people might have lost their jobs, might have been put on temporary um, roles. And I know there's a lot of people in the world that have, have, have been in that situation. But I think to have a growth mindset that you're able to develop new skills, you're able to, to work hard. Don't get me wrong, you have to work hard. But to be able to have that open growth mindset, to be able to achieve something. So I would say if you're struggling, to an extent, you could almost learn a new skill. Um, there is plenty of time outside of work where you're able to learn a new skill. And actually, if you're stuck in a job, learning something completely different, like, I don't know, learning to play the guitar or to yeah. juggle, that sometimes is a trigger for your growth mindset because then you're you're in a different frame of mind that you're actually learning how to do something. It doesn't have to be sales or marketing or finance. Uh, finance or whatever it is sometimes just developing another skill is actually a good kickstart to have that growth mindset awesome well mark hayward you have been great mark is the host of the absolute business mindset can you tell us what is next for you next for me is podcast continuing with the podcast i do an interview once a week and i do some i do some solo stuff in through the through the week i've got a podcast course that i'm running online um so if anyone is interested you can go to abmpodcastcourse.co.uk equally coaching um, i've got a couple of clients one's been put on hold due to covid i'm looking for another couple of clients to be able just to keep that sort of momentum going um so yeah lots to do on top of my corporate role as well that's great and you, you typically work one-on-one -on -one with your clients in sessions or 
Yeah, one-to-one, we work out um, in the first session what their aims and ambitions are, and then we sort of break it down into how we can get people to achieve that. And and it's all about incremental changes. You change 1% every day, and you might think, what, 1%? But actually, over a year, you'll then increase in 365%, which is huge. So for me, it's all about incremental steps, building up knowledge, building up skills, techniques, tools, tactics, to be able to uh, get people to whatever that ambition is, whether it's a pay rise, whether it's a, a promotion, whether I've also helped people on refresh. So they might want a different role or a different company. So so for me, it's just catching that that sort of area of people who are corporate and they, they are either striving for something or they need something new or need change. To, uh, and that's why they come to me. Great. Well, I think as a fellow podcast host within the career world and just to have a company that helps job seekers and and people exploring their career paths, I think I think what you're doing is an awesome thing. And um, I can't thank you enough for being on the show and bringing forth some of the amazing points that you did today. Oh, it's been my absolute pleasure, Chris. It's been it's been wonderful. Thanks a lot. Perfect. So this concludes our Career Warrior podcast, all about climbing the ladder. And as we heard, everyone is going to have their own path everyone is going to have the right path that is correct for them. So this podcast episode, I think was great in hearing Mark's story and how he was able to do so and lead this really awesome, successful career. So the links that were mentioned, I will make sure to include within the description, including the smart technique, as well as the podcast course that Mark teaches. Be sure to check that out within the description. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes it for today. Thanks so much. And I'll see you next time. 